Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is KWOD Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand. We're live. I'm sure if we can hear Steve. Steve, you there? Yes, I am, Patty. Awesome. Checking out our equipment here, make sure that we're all cool. Okay, we shouldn't... Okay, hang on. Do another sound check. This is KWOD Radio. This is Patty Holstrand Live. Steve, can you hear me this time? Perfect. <laughs> we were getting a secondary feedback there, so hmm. I had to turn it off. Change uh change headphones there. Okay. Uh, we're really happy to be talking to you uh live and the show is about your book. And that's called Aloha. And I have to tell you, um, after reading some of your premise, and uh, I've even asked, talked to some people about it. And it's kind of funny. We all kind of laugh about it for a little bit, and then we start talking seriously about it. Before you know it, I think it's just like what you said. We're thinking, well, wait a minute. That might actually make some sense. I think we've had that reaction from many, many people, uh, and it follows through, uh, Aloha being the first of a trilogy, uh, the second one being Adios, and the last one in the trilogy, Goodbye. And in each book, we deal with what I would consider to be 
uh, some of the most difficult subjects the American people face today, and we come up with some practical, all by day, far out solutions on how they could be solved. But as it sinks in, uh, you start to begin to wonder, well, maybe some of this stuff really would work at a time when the national debt is, is as high as it is. We, we, um, we, the whole uh, premise of Audios came about because my business partner, Dennis Wooten, is a avid reader of fiction, and I read it as well, but I don't read the three books a week that he does. And in September, we were walking back from lunch uh, here in California in Walnut Creek, and I looked at him and I said, Den, you know, if you can ever come up with a crazy, wild idea that nobody has ever thought of, I can write the book. And two weeks later, he came up with the content of Aloha, and off we went. Are, are you there, Patty? Okay. Uh, the, the, so you were considering the second book first? No, we we really began with the with the first book, and I when Den indicated to me uh, what he thought the the concept would be, I said, "Gee, I can write that book." And it was based on the premise that the national debt is now fifteen trillion dollars. The year is two thousand and twelve. Obama loses the election to a senior senator from Oregon based on the fact that the interest on the national debt is $400 billion a year and the United States is going under. The new president is charged with trying to figure out how to solve the national debt problem. And as a result of a very long and well-built relationship in the book, it just so happens that he is best of friends with the new president of the People's Republic of China. And because of that relationship that's built over time, he was able to meet with the president of the People's Republic of China on Midway Island and sign a treaty to sell them Hawaii for $13 trillion in cash. Yes, I read that. That, that was amazing. <laughs> Uh, one thing that came up in some of the discussions were uh, whether or not we really considered Hawaii to be worth that much money. Well, my partner said uh, in uh, to me one day, he said, you know, if somebody ever asks you why we picked Hawaii, tell them that we thought about Nebraska, but we could only get a million for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Then when I when I when he told me the original concept, I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. Um, and then he said, but we're not done yet. Uh, we have the issue in California of same-sex marriage and whether uh, it, it is going to be upheld by the Supreme Court, and it's working its way through the court system. And I said, so. So what? He says, well, it just so happens that our new president, even though he's been married for 30 years, happens to be gay and in love with a Catholic priest in Washington, D.C., and if, in fact, um, the Supreme Court upheld the same-sex marriage provision, it's quite possible the president of the United States could marry the Catholic priest and we would have the first man in the White House instead of the first lady. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So that that was the foundation on which Aloha was built. <laughs> well, 
You know, I don't think you could pack any more controversy in that one book than that. Yeah, we managed to do a fairly good job of uh, of involving a lot of different factions in this. And um, we just had a great time along the way. And, you know, when you think about it, going back to your original statement, Patty, you know, the United States has always been a buyer of property, whether it was the Louisiana Purchase or Alaska or others. Maybe there's there's not maybe it's not so completely out of whack that that we sell some assets to to offset this problem. And part of what the book deals with, which is very interesting, is that uh, when when this occurs and and it needs the ratification of the Senate of the United States to ratify a treaty, and it needs the approval of the Politburo in in China. Uh, in order to pull this thing off, the two can't just do it on their own. But, but it also then uh, leads into the fact that there are a million five hundred people, million five hundred thousand people who live in Hawaii, and maybe um, by sacrificing a million one hundred five thousand people uh, for the benefit of everyone else who now has Social Security paid up, Medicare is paid up, all the health and welfare programs are, are done, the national debt is solved, the United States is the richest per, uh, country again in the world, um, then you start to see greed uh, jump in, and, and that's an interesting kind of thing that the book explores. So you go, you talk about the history and how we got here first. Yes. We, it really starts with our main characters being born. So the People's Republic of China President Wu Wang is born in 50, 1950 or thereabouts. At the time, Mao Zedong was, was involved in all of his activities there, and that has a pretty substantial influence on the family of Wu Wang and others. Um, in the meantime, Bruce Gavin is born in Oregon, um, in a in a southeast area with not much money and a working family, uh, but he happens to be a pretty smart guy. And um, those two characters are begin to be built from from birth. Um, and as the trilogy takes you forward, uh, we span probably seventy years of Bruce Gavin's life or both of their lives before. We concluded in the last book, Goodbye. So I was curious, when you're talking about the second book, um, that yeah, are we talking about closing the borders, the whole border issue? Or? <laughs> well, in Adios, we, we definitely deal with illegal immigration. We deal with the Mexican drug cartels and mm-hmm. their incredible influence on both Mexico and the United States. And we deal with uh, the potential tie between uh, the Mexican drug cartels and Al-Qaeda and the possible use of a dirty bomb uh, by one end or the other. So we are again going after Mm -hmm. real issues um, that that everyone is thinking about. But we're approaching them in in a kind of a totally different manner. Um, and, and we're making it pretty fun in the process. Right, right. Because I, I, you know, I'm in Arizona, so we're in exactly. the heat of all that. Uh, getting whacked on on every front when it comes to our police over here in Arizona. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's so there are we we've tried to lay out r- real solutions to these problems, even though 
they're all embedded within the story and uh, uh, his political um, uh, platform, if you will. Um, we also are, are you know, we're, we're not um, we're not losing sight of other issues. In goodbye, we're dealing with uh, the wars in Afghanistan and what they do to people um, and the potential consequences of those kinds of war-related stresses. Um, it's it's a it's been a really fun go, and I you know we're not going to pretend that we're authors or that we make a living writing books, but we certainly have had fun with this project all the way along. So the the question a lot of people were asking me is is um, are they serious? <laughs> uh, well. Uh, I thought it was more like a political satire. It it is a political thriller. It's fiction, and um, it's uh, we're we're not we're we're not saying that everything we've suggested could work, but we are saying it'll make you think. I think you said it perfectly best. Is that uh, one of the reviews we got? I think on Kindle was a gentleman who said, you know, this is kind of a whimsical, crazy story and fun, but when I finished it, I st- made me start to think about it, yeah. and maybe these things aren't that crazy and. Um, so I don't think that there was a national issue that we've missed in this thing with and, and who we didn't have a clue at the time when we conceived it that the national debt was going to be what it is and the problems associated are what they are. So you know we thought 15 trillion was way out there and 400 billion in interest was but as it turns out it's not very far <laughs> out. <laughs> That's kind of crazy when that happens, isn't it? It, it is really crazy. And uh, now, when did you start writing this again? I, I started writing in October, and I finished the third book uh, in February. And oh, wow. we, um, the way the writing went was pretty interesting because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but one of the things I found right away um, is that you, in order for this scenario to even seem remotely plausible those characters have to be built and there has to be a relationship and there has to be a trust and there has to be a way they met and and mm-hmm. all, all of that stuff that goes into building characters. So in Aloha, more time was spent than I ever dreamed in building each character. Who are they? Where did they come from? How did they meet? Where did they go to school? Um, how did they get together? And and of course, your characters or the main ones carry on through three books, and some don't, and some do. But um, but it was a it's a very interesting experience for me. The, the other side of it was in writing the book. Um, mm-hmm. uh, as a writer, which you've got twenty thousand years of experience more than me, um, I would sit down at the computer without an outline. There was never an outline for any of the books. Um, okay. And I would try to write a chapter, which was seven pages, typewritten, single-spaced. And then I would stop, and I would go to bed or have a glass of wine and try to think about, okay, well, what would happen next? And when I pretty much had it in my mind what would happen next, I'd sit down, wherever I was, and write another seven pages. And as it turns out, each book is about 76,000 words, uh, which translates in a six-by-nine book to about... 260 pages. I think all three are almost identical in terms of size. 
So it's, it was, and I, I can honestly tell you that when I began the third book in the trilogy, I had no idea how it was going to end. <laughs> but then it ended. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes I, that's, you, you answered a lot of questions right there, because usually I will ask, okay, how how did you set up your book? Did you have an outline, that kind of thing? Uh, each author is different when it comes to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So everyone has to go about it differently. Uh, I too did not really write an outline, so and I started an epic. So uh, you know, two hundred ninety-six thousand words later, you have to stop and say, okay, obviously this is not just one book. <laughs> That's so, for sure. Yeah, to start cutting it up. That's and, uh, for sure. <laughs> I uh, we have had some real fun with these things. So as you uh, have seen, the back cover of Aloha. My partner and I have Tommy Bahama shirts and Hawaiian yeah. lays on. In the back cover of Adios, we have on serapes and, and sombreros. <laughs> and in the third book, which is Goodbye, we have on black golf shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, the thing is that that's what makes it, uh, it'll make a really good read. People are going to see it and say, Aloha, and they see for sale sign. And they're going to make it like, what? I thought that was very clever when they very made good. that beautiful sandy beach and then they put a for sale sign for right sure. in the front of it. And it's perfect and it's so simple. Yeah. It, it really yeah. What makes it effective. And then, of course, you have the audios with the – I'm not sure – I didn't see the actual physical book, but I did see the your, your advertising on your website. It's going to be published in uh, beginning in October. So it's done. Um, about I think it goes to the publisher next week, and then and goodbye is written as well, and it is in its final editing. So all three books are done, uh, with the second one ready ready to go out very shortly. Um, so that that's all been great fun too. <laughs> A lot of uh, educational experience trying to get something published. Oh, for us, I mean we. Uh, you would know this having been in that business. Um, we didn't know anything about what we were doing. We were lucky enough to have a, a writer who had written another book that I happened to know and had gone to his book signing just because he was a friend, uh, tell me that um, he knew of a publicist in Florida, uh, a woman by the name of Randy Feldman, who he thought would be interested in our book and taking it on as a publicist. And, you know, in our own naivete, we didn't really know what a publicist does. Okay. But we know now that without her, we wouldn't have had a clue how to how to even get the public to know about this book. Definitely. It, it takes a lot of media, um, and, of course, even more so now. There, with the e-book market, uh, it's just totally flooded yeah, with I'm so many sure. books. So getting out there in the public and, and getting in front of people to read your book is become even even harder than before. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that goes without saying that it's a good thing that you do have a publicist who can get you into different you know different shows and and in front of different people in order to be able to hit a broader market. Yeah, because we wouldn't have known. We, we I mean we would have. Uh, probably gone down to a local bookstore and said, would you be interested in showing our book? And it would have sat there on the shelf forever. Um, so we've learned a lot kind of along the way, thanks to her and her help. Uh, that's been that's been very beneficial to us. Um, 
so it's it's the books are thematic they're current they're real problems today they will make people think we talked a little bit about when we do an interview um like the one we're doing how much do we really reveal and we felt that um with our with our our first book that it was really important because it's such a funny crazy way to to get at a real problem that we would definitely want people to know that yeah this takes a position that's it's pretty far out but think about it and 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 it might work um and and we did about the same thing with audios but um or we will do with audios but um in the uh, last book in goodbye we're not going to tell anyone <laughs> how it ends oh well good <laughs> so and it and it does it does end but it's pretty amazing how you can span an individual's life and you know as a writer i i think in the i was absolutely amazed that in the third book that when certain things have to happen um yeah. Y- y- yeah. you don't want them to i mean you've become kind of part of these characters yeah. and uh, having certain things happen is very discerning to the person who's having to write it who created these people well if you're doing it right that's true uh i have quite a few writers who i talk about the life of the character and they look at me like what yeah. and so obviously you haven't delved into your your character enough if you don't feel you know, uh, attached to them in some way. Yep, absolutely. I one of the one of the best compliments that I think I received was from a woman who who read um, Aloha, and before she was done, she called and said, "You know what? I can see these people. I know what these people look like. Yeah. I, I I know who they are now. They're 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 characters that I can relate to." And I thought that I, I had probably done an okay job of setting the stage. Have you ever written anything else uh, in the past? Oh, lots of business-related articles. We have our own company, so over the years we've written. Um, uh, I've written a lot of things that have been published in terms of professional magazines and things of that nature, but never anything that was a book-related or anything that's fiction. Um, this was all just a lark and for fun, and it turned out to be absolutely more fun than either one of us ever thought it could be. I see in your information that you and Dennis have been in business partners for 16 years. Yes. Well, actually, I think now probably 17. We, <laughs> uh, When I had a real job, I was the head of human resources for all of Wells Fargo in San Francisco for a lot of years, for 16 or 17 years. And Den worked for me there, and when the chairman retired, so did I, and I told Den, I said, you know, I think we should start our own little consulting company on human resource issues, and that was 17 years ago, and we've still got it, so it's been great. We've we've grown it, we sold it, we created a new one, and we're on our second one, so it's been good. I think as far as HR uh, consulting firm, I mean, a lot of companies are going outside of, of having uh, someone like that inside their company. Absolutely. They're outsourcing. Yeah. And so they do that to us. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It probably, you probably got it in the right time then, I would think. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of stars were in alignment, um, and and it's been very, very uh, good business for us over the years. So, um, you know, for that, we're very, very thankful that uh, we've had great clients and they've stayed with us, and off we've gone. So, we work with a substantial number of community banks. We've probably worked with more than a hundred in the West in the last mm-hmm. fifteen years. Well, now that you had your taste of being an author, do you plan on doing more? I don't know. Um, I wouldn't have done three if my partner didn't say to me after we finished the first one, I said, well, I got it done. I, I, I think it's kind of fun. It's going to be great. He says, yeah, but you can't leave it there. you got to write a second one. And then when I finished that, he said, oh, no, we have to have a trilogy. You have to end <laughs> this thing. And I went, well, when is this going to stop? Um, so I haven't got a clue if I'll write anything again. Uh, I want to see how these three go, and if in fact they did go well, and there and people were interested in seeing some of these characters carry on um, in different capacities in different ways, uh, then, then I might do it. Uh, but uh, right now I'm just kind of uh, having fun in the glow of having pulled it off a little bit. Awesome. I'm going to let everybody know that you can call in right now. The guest call in number is 714-242-5145. We're also on chat. If you uh, give me your question, because I know that you guys are sitting there listening, uh, just write out a question and I will give it to Steve and uh, he can answer it for you. So 714-242-5145 or we're on chat right on Blog Talk Radio, KWOD. And the other question that some other people were asking me to ask you on Facebook earlier today, uh, one was uh, that, you know, conversation went, well, why Hawaii? And then you answered that question, but then they said, well, wouldn't it be worth more money if we sold off Alaska? You could. You'd have to have a – the reason that Hawaii was a interesting – possibility is because it gives China a position in the Pacific Rim uh, to basically have a um, power position for any country that is located in Asia. Uh, Alaska would not have done something like that. Um, So this had a strategic, not necessarily military advantage to China, but it certainly has a strategic advantage to them that uh, Alaska wouldn't have provided. I do we know don't, and we say in the we say in the book that we don't believe that there will ever be another traditional war in the Pacific like like uh, World War II, and as a result of that, uh, the military advantage of having the Hawaiian Islands uh, didn't seem to play out as as that big of a deal, considering where weaponry has gone and all the rest of it. But well, that's that why. Was, that was one of the other questions: is what would we do with our with our military uh, bases there in Hawaii if we did sell that off? In the in the book that solved the uh, the United States must be uh, has five years. Uh, to complete the transaction with China, and they must have all the military out of China within uh, a period of three years. Ah, uh-huh. 
there. That was another part of the challenge, Patty, was how do you sell uh, U.S. property that has U.S. citizens on it and make it somewhat palatable for the citizens? Well, that has to happen in two or three or four different ways as I explored that. And those, those ways are all described in the book. What would make somebody living in Hawaii uh, not totally gone ballistic because they were suddenly <laughs> sold to China? So you have to, that part has to be thought through. You can't just pull it off. Uh, actually, the in the book, the the newspaper headline in in Hawaii on the uh, local uh, Honolulu paper, the day that it is announced, the entire paper is black, and across the top of the paper, in big white bold letters, says "sacrificed." Oh, gee. <laughs> you know, they may very well consider that. <laughs> Well, so it was a that the you know you have to really kind of come up with real solutions. So right. you know we 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 had to deal with issues um, like the gays in the military, the wars going on. Um, he, as I researched the, the the drug cartel issues to be able to write about it, you know they're not very nice people, and uh, when you start to write about them, you, you kind of have to depict them as they are. Oh. And and hope that they don't find out what your what your phone number is and where you live. <laughs> oh boy, maybe they'll buy a book. Oh yeah. Who knows? Uh, who knows? <laughs> so I, have a, a, I have some friends who are 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 nonfiction authors. And a lot of times they say, Well, you know, fiction's easy, you just come up with an idea and slap it on paper and I just laughed and said said, No, you that's it's not that simple. <laughs> like you said, you have to really make it viable, and otherwise, and the characters have to be uh, more dimensional. Otherwise, it's never going to pull off. Nobody's ever going to read your book the second time. That's. I think that's absolutely right, and that's what I felt. I mean, I, I just felt that with in my. I know my partner did as well. That um, because he had most of the ideas that these things have to be kind of workable and in this way we were able to build all of these kinds of real issues real voter issues into the platform that the that the that this guy the senior senator from Oregon um w- was following in terms of his uh, election uh, and beating Obama so it has to be a realistic platform it has to be something and of course we we immediately said, well, okay, in order for it, it's got to be centrist. It can't be extreme right or extreme left. So this guy who was a Republican president is, uh, as a part of the strategy, just eliminating uh, a thought about what the far right would think or what the far left would think and tries to focus on practical solutions that all of those people that are in the middle would say are are important. Exactly. I have uh, somebody on Facebook who said that they believe it wouldn't be viable because once greedy, always greedy. (laughs) Well, uh, there is no question that greed plays a part in all of it. And it's it's, uh, 
you know, it's it's a little bit like one of my friends said the other day with all of the financial crises that are going on. He said, "Oh, where is a real leader like Bruce Gavin when we need him?" <laughs> and uh, that just made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. But I think that the that individual is right that greed plays in to lots of things that that go on and um in this particular case um if you can solve uh 300 million people's problem by um sacrificing 1.5 million um there are people who would vote for that <laughs> well the the as they as they would say in science fiction the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So it's it's uh, it was uh, you know it's just been it was just great fun and and you you have to introduce all of the stuff. So how does a how does a president of the United States who's been married for thirty years suddenly um, come out of the biggest closet in the world? Um, <laughs> Uh, that that just can't happen overnight. Uh, so how does that all play out, and how does this relationship, and where does the Catholic priest come from, and how do they even know each other, and blah 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 blah. Right, right. So it's, it's, it's all backstory. You have to have the backstory. It, yeah, and and there is there's a lot of that that has to happen to make this thing work. Yes, especially with with politics involved. Yes. That's for sure. So since we're talking about 2012, uh-huh. this is based on you know, the fact that you're you're starting a story before 2012, but it's going into 2012, and then obviously beyond that. Um, that doesn't give you guys a whole lot of time, really, for your sales between now and then. That's that's right. I mean, we we had no idea that um, all of kind of what we were describing could come through, or at least would be issues that the people would be really deeply concerned about and and it just so happens that it's going to coincide with it so i think uh i will i will venture to guess that when you read and look at Bruce Gavin's platform in Aloha that he runs against Obama that those issues um that are all outlined in in the book um are all the same kind of issues that that's going to be a part of that election and whether it's the national debt, whether it's illegal immigration, whether it's gays in the military, whether it's Title VIII and same-sex marriage, whether it's the problems going on in Mexico and the influx of drugs coming into the to the United States through that border, um, whether it's Al-Qaeda and the potential threat, uh, all of those things are dealt with in in the book, or in ah, the books, in the yeah. books, I should say. I just found you on Facebook. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so good. I will let, let people know where to find you, and I'll put it right here on Blog Talk. That's great. We also have a website uh, for the Aloha Trilogy, and what's really fun in there, if one of your listeners wanted to uh, blog back and forth with Bruce Gavin, you can do it. Ah, characters, yes. Yes, so, I mean, if somebody really wants to find out what Gavin thinks about things, they can get on that that uh, website at alohatrilogy.com, and they can communicate with Bruce Gavin. That's awesome. 
<laughs> I suggested that uh, for character character blog, <laughs> and uh, about a year ago, I said because the fact that then that really allows your readers to get to know the character even deeper. Yes, totally. Let's see, I can put that on here. Okay, since we're also talking about 2012, do you know anything or do you have any feelings about the Mayan calendar situation? No. No. Because obviously your timing is about the same timing <laughs> as the 2012, December uh, December 2012. And no. So it's, it's a whole different aftermath is what you're talking about here. You're talking political stuff. And uh, you, we have so many other things going on. Yes, that's right. No, I, you're in a world that I don't know anything about. Ah, been researching all that. So <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. I was surprised. Well, this wouldn't surprise you, but it certainly surprised me as someone who has never sat down and written one, two, or let alone three books. That that you really have to do some research. I mean, you can't yes. you can't just do this. You, we've tried to mix facts with fiction, um, mm-hmm. in and focus on on real subjects along the way. So little things like um, this: Bruce Gavin and his wife happen to live in a subdivision in Oregon called Charbonneau. Well, who was Charbonneau? Well, Charbonneau was Sacagawea's son and how in the heck did they name this Charbonneau and and how do the Indians play in this and of course <laughs> we've got Indians in uh-huh. in our book um so it's it's all pretty fascinating I remember a uh, a movie and I don't remember the name of it but uh, there was kind of a satire comedy where they were doing a telethon Trying to get us, you know, get America out of debt through a telephone, <laughs> and that was their answer for that. And of course, the Indians were involved with it because we owed the Indians so much money, because, <laughs> and we were we were not following through and paying paying them back. So uh, they said, okay, well, we 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 should do a a big show, and so they did. And of course, uh, it got really crazy, obviously. And I think John Ritter was the president at the time. <laughs> and so I, I kind of got some of that. But, you know, what you're writing here is you're writing something that's serious and not really comedic. Yeah, there are funny parts in this book, but it is it is written more as a political thriller than even though there are um, – there are fun things that we had. For example, the president's wife has a – a dog that it carries in her purse, and and the dog is called Petite Crepe because she enjoys French food and so on and so forth. Well, the president-elect can't stand the dog, and he calls it piece of crap. <laughs> so there are things like that that go on in this book. <laughs> but that makes the characters real. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> for sure. Anything else you want to tell us about you and Dennis? Well, no, we uh we're we're both kind of professional human resource guys. Uh we've had wonderful careers and uh this has just been something that uh 
we thought we could do. I know we couldn't have done it without Den creating these uh, some of these wild schemes. Um, but together, uh, we we are have very complementary skills that are are not similar. Den is not a writer. He uh, would have a very difficult time getting through a, a chapter. Uh, but he's a great idea guy and he's a great editor. So. Uh, just like in our business where he's in operations and a finance guy and I'm more on the marketing and the sales side, um, we've had these complementary skills that we also see come out in, in the way our books uh, came through. So it's just been wonderful. We would love to have readers go to the website and blog with him, uh, and we would love to get their thoughts if, in fact, they do read it and, and what they think about it. Um, we had... I think the first two reviews that came in on Amazon, which I've got to tell you were not my uh, wife and daughter, uh, <laughs> but whoever they were, uh, they said, you know, this is crazy enough that this should be a movie. And yeah. I think it has that kind of potential. Well, you're in California. Yeah, so. we sure are. <laughs> Even though you're in the Bay Area, right? Yes, we are in Northern California. Right, exactly. Yes. You'll have to find yourself a screenwriter. Who can, uh, who can do That's that? That's right. We'd love it if somebody would just call us and say, hey, you know, or if one of the uh, the people that's uh, a talk show fellow who's dealing with these political issues would just hold it up and say, you know what? These guys figured it out. Why can't our <laughs> politicians figure it out? <laughs> that's all we'd need. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be it. Then you guys would make it. Yeah. But, yeah, it would be it'd be interesting, uh, obviously, in a moving idea. And so, um, not sure whether it be is book. Uh, I'm not sure how many pages this is uh, as far as one, two, and three. Each one's about uh, 260 pages. Each okay. one. That's a that's a good good amount there. And I, so, I have one last very I think very funny story. Um, okay. I did a book signing uh, locally uh, here this last weekend and. I didn't pay any attention to it, and I'd never been to a book signing in my life, so I had no idea what to expect or what I was getting in. But one of our bookstores here locally um, invited nine authors to come in and speak about their books and gave us each about 45 minutes. Well, I was on at 1 o'clock, and I got there around 11.30, and there was an author on, and the place was packed. I mean, it, it was packed. It was like this guy brought in a bus full of people. And I went, whoa, if these people are all going to be here, this is going to be great. Well, so I sat there, and all of a sudden, the guy finished, and the whole boatload of people left. And then the next guy got up, and his boatload of people came, and I got to thinking, uh-oh, I don't have a boatload of people. I don't have a bus. And I had a friend I was playing golf with in the morning. He says, I'm going to go to your book signing. And, and there was a period of time just before I started to talk where I thought I might just be talking to my friend only. <laughs> but as it turns out, eight or ten people showed up, and it was fun. But but all obviously these others had really marketed it to their friends and family, and I hadn't done any of that. I just kind of walked in going, oh, but when that busload left, I thought, uh-oh, this is not so good. <laughs> Anyway, there yeah. was li- there was little Steve sitting in the corner with his poster that said Aloha, and I'm going, oh boy. <laughs> anyway, so much for marketing. Well, that's that's part of the tough part is the marketing. It uh, is. It's, it's a lot of work to it. 
And I'm sure that's probably something you hadn't considered when you started this. Not at all. Well, we didn't think about that at all. And we'd just like to say that we very much appreciate, Patty, you're giving us the opportunity to talk about it. It's For us, it's really been a fun conversation, and, and I hope your listeners enjoyed it. Well, I'm sure they will, and I know they're listening. It's uh, they just don't they get shy about things. They sometimes don't want to call in, but I know that they listen because I get the numbers, and I know that they're uh, they're even after the fact because this goes into uh, archive mode, and I also advertise the archived shows. So I will be oh, giving great. you guys I'll be giving you guys this uh, this episode that way you can put it on your website and whatever you want to do with it. Oh, thanks very much. That will be great. I add it to my Facebook page, so I'm sure that you want to do that too. Yes. Especially since I notice that you you need some more work, need some more stuff on that page. Yeah, I don't really do it. Facebook has not been what I've done, uh, but I haven't. I have one, so. But yeah. uh, we've been having more fun with uh, with the Aloha Trilogy website. Yeah, especially if you're you're talking about your main character now. Who deals with that? Obviously, you. You mean who's going to be that? Uh, no, actually, my partner is going to be Gavin. Oh, so, really? Yeah, he's taken the role on the blog of of being Gavin. I have no idea what he's going to say. I, he's totally unpredictable, so <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions that we like to ask a lot is, on when you were writing this, what was your typical day in your writing life? Um, it was never a day. It was usually an hour or hour and a half, um, and it was wherever I was. So if I was up at our place in the mountains and on the computer, or if I was at home uh, in the evening, uh, or wherever I was, um, I would uh, try to sit down and write these seven pages single-spaced. Um, and I will. I would have thought about the subject matter before I began to, to write. So I always knew where I wanted to go with the chapter. I just didn't know what the next chapter was going to be. And uh, that would come to me as I finished it and stopped. And then I would think about, well, where do we go from here? And uh, how do we intertwine this thing? And and then I would write another one. That's how it how it worked in all three books. Hmm. I have a lot of uh, listeners who wind up being, they're also authors. And so the question would be, if you wrote it that way, was there a lot of work that you had to do afterwards as far as editing or repositioning chapters? Didn't reposition any chapters. Um, editing is always, I mean, I learned is so helpful and so important. Um and I also learned that you can have eight people read the same books and still never catch everything. No. So, no you know, it was uh, – that was very interesting. And I think as our first book says, we, we thank our, our family and our friends and anybody else that was willing to read this thing and, and edit it um, for us uh, because you just can't do it without without that input. Um uh, and I didn't, you know, I, while I wrote it and then I read it two more times and edited it as I went, uh, my partner and and others found, you know, multiple uh, things where we had to we had to make the edits and, and change because you just don't. Uh, 
and that was one of the other things that we found is when the even when the final book was published, we found typos here or there that we should have yeah. caught, which we didn't. And we went back with a mass change to clean it up. But the editing process should not ever be underestimated. It is important. It is critical. And you should never really have just one person do it because you need multiple eyes that see things differently. Definitely true. That's not true. And uh, uh, being a publisher, I'm a small publisher as well. Uh, usually I have somebody read through it, and then they edit it, and then I read through it, and then I find things. And if I find more 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 than uh, more than five on a page, and I don't accept it, I yeah. have to go back and redo it again. Yeah, can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. So the other final questions here: um, If there's a message in your novel that you want readers to grasp, what would that be? Uh, I think think outside the box. Um, if there's anything, it's it's to say, you know, think outside the box uh, at these big issues that we're we're attacking. Uh, maybe there are non-traditional ways to get at at these issues, or maybe we just need to take a certain stand to do it. And and so I think that um, status quo isn't okay. And and I think this book approaches it. Uh, by saying no, there there are other things that we could do here to deal with this problem uh, around illegal immigration, and um, how how would that be solved? And of course, we deal with that with a with a, um, a national ID card um, and and so on and so forth, which immediately begins to collect taxes. And um, it, so there are there are things that I think are very real that can happen. I think uh, so. Thinking outside of the box and, and also understanding that the problems that we're fooling around with in our books, in our political thriller, are real. I mean, these are these are real issues. They're not made up out of the blue. Um, everything we deal with is real. That sounds great, too. And it, and it couldn't come at a better time. So that's... <laughs> I, I hope so. We'll see how it all goes, Patty. There's a question I usually ask uh, anybody on the blog, and that is, you have successfully slain the dragon. How will you celebrate? Oh, you know, the celebration for Den and I is going to be able to see these three hardback books on our coffee table. That's going <laughs> to be it. I mean, that that to us will be it. We don't need any more recognition than that. Um I just think we'll be tickled pink by being able to look down and say, "Hey, look what we pulled off." Yeah. And uh if if people if it makes them think or if it makes them smile or if it makes them want to read more, then we've gotten more out of the deal than we ever had hoped. That sounds awesome. So, where else can we find your books? I know you said your hardcover. So you can find them find on them? Amazon, uh, both in hard and soft covers. Uh, they're available uh, on Kindle. Uh, Aloha is available on Kindle in the Kindle edition. They can get them there, and I believe they can get it at Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can't just go into a bookstore and pick it up, but you can order it online, and uh, they obviously will send it. And I believe that we want to send one of your listeners, however you should select them, a hard copy. Um, 
and uh, of it and all you'll need to do is tell me who and where to send it um, and however you would like to do that we would be happy to provide a listener with a hard copy signed we'll probably have to decide on somebody from from facebook because they're the only ones that seem to be listening okay <laughs> all right however you would like it all you'll have to do is let me know <laughs> sounds terrific because okay. i'm sure they'd love to hear that okay Anything else you'd like to add about the timeliness of your story and uh, anything else about the writing process? No, I think we've pretty well exhausted it. I, I think uh, we're just very appreciative of the fact that you took the time to let us talk about it, and uh, and I hope the listeners enjoyed it. Well, you know, Randy suggested a couple people, and I looked at your cover and, and the idea, and I said, now this should be fun. <laughs> I hope it was. Yes, yes. And again, you know, the idea was brought up to other people and, and before you know it we're starting you we're talking. You you're you're causing people to talk and that's really that's really great. great thing to, to, to have happen with your book. That's great. Well, I think that's about it for the night. I know we're yeah. gonna get off a little earlier than expected, but I you know, you already went through most of my questions when you were answering it without asking. <laughs> that's <So>. great. <laughs> So I appreciate it again, and uh, we would love to have your listeners hop on that blog and talk to Gavin about everything. And just let everybody know that I did put that up on a, on our chat blog talk. Uh, that's AlohaTrilogy.com. And also uh, Steve's uh, Facebook page is also on there. So that way you guys can get you know in contact with them and connect and find out more about the books that are coming up. Great. So with that, thanks, Steve, for coming in. That's a lot thanks, of fun. Thanks, Patty. I appreciate it. Have a nice evening. You too. Good night. Bye. Okay, that's K-Rod Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand signing off for the night. And we will be in tomorrow night again. And tomorrow night we have uh, another lovely lady who is going to be coming in and talking about, um, she's got a book about her cat. And I'm going to add that contact right to my Facebook, right to our blog top page here. And I know I might be butchering her name, but it's Oana. And she is from Poland originally. And she's got a, she's, I've read some of her some of her story, and I have to tell you that it was, just made me totally laugh. I was just uh, it, it just broke out laughing. It's so funny because the character is a man, and here she is a woman. Uh, so her main character is a man, and he's he's sarcastic. Uh, he's got a cat who talks to him. Um, it's just great fun, and he's talking about you know, politics in his country at the time, and the absurdities that uh, these people are going through. So, I think we're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow night as well. That's also at five thirty, and uh, that show is going to be the Arizona Author Roundup. So on Wednesday nights, I do just Arizona authors or anybody who's attached to Hazy Publishing. So Wednesday night, 5.30 to 7, will be AZ Roundup, AZ Author Roundup, and that will be with Awana tomorrow. And uh, 
then uh, obviously on Tuesday nights we'll have a regular show, and that one's going to be for outside uh, outside authors like Steve, who was just on. And I'm really happy to have had him. And again, we do have that hardcover book. So if you guys want to send me something, uh, put it on Facebook. My Facebook page is pj.holtstrand, that's H-U-L-T. S-T-R-A-N-D as P-J dot Holtstrand H-U-L-T-S-T-R-A-N-D That's my Facebook page. I will put that on there as well. So that way you will know. So for everyone who signs into my my site tonight my Facebook site I will put you into the kitty for that free hardcover book of Aloha by Steve Enya and Dennis Wooten. A great book to start on reading and uh, get a lot of and be prepared for his book coming up in October. So get your names in. And with that, I'm going to sign out. You guys have a pleasant night. And I will go take care of my throat. I do have another, um, I have two authors that are going to be on uh, GD uh, Grace tonight. That's Charles Burgess is is going to be on GD Grace. So, if you'd like to win one of his books as well, you need to get on GD Grace on, and uh, Charles will be on tonight from 8 o'clock p.m. That specific standard time. Or Arizona time. That's uh, eight o'clock tonight, which would be ten o'clock Pacific time. No, I'm sorry, be <laughs> ten o'clock Central time and eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So they will be on uh, at that time. Have an interview on their new book coming up, which is Touched by Two Souls, and that is a poetry book. So please come by and share your poetry experiences with them as well. So with that, I wish you all aloha and adios.